If you have a copy of the Word of God with you this morning, what is the to Look at Genesis chapter 22, please. The book of Genesis chapter 22. And as you're turning to find the place, I want to thank David for his kind words of welcome. It's a joy to be with you in grace this morning and to have this opportunity of ministering the Word of the Lord. I just want to tell you that your former pastor is doing really well in Lurgan, that he has settled in well and that he's knowing the blessing of God, and that he's been accepted very well by the folk. Uh, and that's just to give you a wee update. So I know your former pastor very well, and I knew him very well before he came to Lurgan, and I know your new pastor very well too. And I trust that as he commences, God willing, uh, at the end of the summer, that together you might know the blessing of the Lord upon you as the work of the Lord goes forward here at Grange. We're reading this morning from Genesis chapter 22, and we're reading, please, at verse 1. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject, God doesn't want your Isaacs, He just wants all of you. God doesn't want your Isaacs, He just wants all of you. And we're reading in Genesis chapter 22, and we're reading, please, at the verse 1. Let's just bow together in a word of prayer before we read God's Word. Our Father, we thank you afresh this morning for the privilege of worship. We thank you for the opportunity of drawing nigh to thee, the living God. And we thank you, our Father, for the means of grace that thou hast given to us, the Word of God and the throne of grace and the Lord's Supper. And we thank you, our Father, for the privilege of turning aside from the things that have been occupying our hearts and minds even in this past week. Lord, for the opportunity of just being still and knowing that thou art God. Lord, we come to thee this morning. And we thank you for your word. We thank you that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. And Lord, we believe with all our hearts this morning that when Scripture speaks, God speaks. So our Father, we pray today that thou wilt speak in the stillness. While we wait on thee, hush our hearts to listen in expectancy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Genesis chapter 22, please, and the verse 1. Genesis chapter 22 and the verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt or test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and cleaved the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went on to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar so off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. 
And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. They came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gift of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned unto his young men, and they rose up and went together to Bathsheba. And Abraham dwelt at Bathsheba. Ending at verse 19. Let's keep our Bibles open there at Genesis chapter 22. God doesn't want your Isaacs. He just wants all of you. Would you agree with this statement? Are you ready for it? A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. If you cannot test it, how do you know that it's true? How do you know that it's trustworthy? How do you know that it's genuine? How would you like to go to our group tomorrow morning and fly on an aeroplane that hadn't been tested. I mean, they just built the plane and they said, all right, get on. It hasn't been tested, but everything will be fine. But no one had tested those individual component parts. And no one had tested the whole plane when they had brought it together. We don't want to try something that hasn't been tested, do we? I heard of a lady who was getting ready for surgery and the doctor came in to visit her. And the surgeon said to her, Madam, you look very nervous. She said, I am nervous. It's my first operation. He said, I know how you feel. It's mine too. I mean, most of us would like the comfort 
the assurance of knowing that something has already been tested. And how do you know that your faith is real if it cannot stand the test? You see, life is a series of tests. Abraham's life proves that. And here's Abraham, the friend of God, and he's facing the most supreme test of all. For in the opening statement in verse 1, we read, if you care to look at it, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. The Hebrew word tempt really is the word nasa, and it means to test. It came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham. You see, God never tempts anyone to do evil. The Bible says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So what does this mean? It simply means that God was putting Abraham to the test. He was testing Abraham's faith. There's a tremendous difference between tempting and testing. A temptation is a demonic device meant to defeat us. A test is a divine device meant to develop us. The devil tempts us to do wrong in order to cause us to stumble. God tests us to do right in order to cause us to stand. And what the Lord is trying to do is not to get Abraham to stumble, but to get Abraham to stand. And God is putting Abraham's faith to the test. Now this is an incredible story. God comes to Abraham and tells him that he wants him to go to Mount Moriah, which later would be called Mount Calvary, and take his son Isaac, the child of promise, his dearly beloved son, and offer him there for a burnt offering. I think that Isaac at this time must have been, what, 17 or 18 years of age. And Abraham was well over 100 years of age. I mean, can you imagine the father and the son sitting around the campfire on their way to Mount Moriah? Can you see Abraham looking into the handsome face of Isaac, whose name means laughter? He remembers the day that God spoke to him and said, My covenant will I establish with Isaac. I will make of him a great nation. Abraham remembers the good times they had together. He remembers the times when he held that child in his arms. He remembers the time when he spoke to Isaac about the covenant that God would make with him. And he's thinking to himself, what will Isaac say now? What will be the look in his eyes when I bind him to the altar? What will be the look on his face when I take that knife and plunge it into his bosom? What will his last words be? I can't imagine what must have gone through Abraham's heart and mind and soul, but he did it. He passed the supreme test of all. For what God wanted was not not Isaac's life, but Abraham's loyalty. You see, God doesn't want your Isaacs, he just wants all of you. Now I want you to look with me at Genesis chapter 22 this morning. And I want you to notice... There are four aspects to this test. Four aspects to this test. First of all, there is a devotional aspect to this test. Do you love the Lord supremely? Why did God say to Abraham, 
Take now your son, your only son, and offer him. I'll tell you why. Because God had seen that Abraham was in danger of loving Isaac more than loving him. Abraham was in danger of loving the gift more than the giver. Abraham was in danger of loving the promise more than the God who had promised. My dear friends, this morning, God will never willingly let anything take first place in your devotion other than God himself. God desires, God demands, God deserves preeminence in your life. Now, if you look at this test, you'll notice it was a powerful test. Verse 1, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, and offer him. It's interesting that in chapter 21, Ishmael's other son, or Abraham's other son, Ishmael, had been sent away. Now the command comes which would take Isaac away as well. God was asking for everything that Abraham had. Warren Wearsby, one of my favorite Bible commentators, states, Our faith is not really tested until God asks us to bear what seems unbearable, do what seems unreasonable, expect what seems impossible. I mean, all of Abraham's hopes, his desires, his aspirations, his goals were wrapped around that young man. God was asking Abraham to give up the son of promise forever, even more to offer him as a sacrifice upon an altar. Can you imagine how that must have drained the lifeblood out of Abraham? When he heard this command, his heart sank, his knees buckled, his stomach twisted into an knot. For one brief moment, disappointment, doubt, disillusionment, flood of his souls. Who ever heard of such a command? You put yourself in Abraham's place this morning. If there is anything that gets to the heart of us parents, it's our children. If our children are having a hard time, that will get to you quicker than anything else in your life. It's the tenderest part in your heart. And yet God too. Abraham to take Isaac and offer it as a sacrifice, God says, give it all to me. I sometimes hear Christians goodly saying, I want to do what God wants me to do. I often wonder, do they really mean that? Would you obey God this morning no matter what, no matter when, no matter where, no matter why? Could it be that the Lord is asking you to bear the unbearable, do the unreasonable, expect the impossible? Maybe like Abraham, you've been through many tests, but never one like faces you now. Want you to see that this was a powerful test. Look again at Genesis 22. Want you to see this was a purposeful test. Verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham in school. A test is given to evaluate your level of learning. But in the school of life, a test is given to evaluate your level of living. Abraham had his fair share of tests from the beginning. You remember in chapter 11 of Genesis, God gave Abraham the family test. He called upon Abraham to leave his home, to leave her of the Chaldees, 
to leave his family, his mother, his relatives, to move out of her and go to the land of promise, the land of Canaan. In chapter 12, he was given the famine test. Abraham failed because instead of trusting God, he went down to Egypt. In chapter 13, he was given the fellowship test. For when a conflict arose between him and Lot, he said to Lot, if you go to the right hand, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the, I'll go to the right. In chapter 14, he was given the fight test when he defeated the kings who had kidnapped Lot. In chapter 14, he was also given the fortune test. Because he was offered all the wealth of Sodom and he turned it down. In chapter 15 and 16, he was given the fatherhood test when Sarah got impatient with God and suggested that they have a child by Hagar. Now in chapter 22, God has reserved for Abraham the greatest test of all, the faith test. You say, Dennis, why did the Lord do this? To see if Abraham will give total obedience. To see if Abraham's all is on the altar. God didn't want Isaac's life. He wanted Abraham's loyalty. God didn't want Abraham's son. He wanted Abraham's heart. Now, do you love the Lord supremely? More than your family more than your finances, more than your fashion, more than your future. You know, in North Korea, we hear a lot about North Korea on the news. When North Korea fell to the communists some years ago, communist soldiers went into this little village where these believers met in a little hut. They had a picture of the Lord Jesus on the wall and the communist soldiers took the picture of Christ down from the wall and they said, everyone who doesn't want to be shot dead, come up and spit on the face of Jesus Christ. A line of people soon lined up. And they spat on the face of the Lord Jesus. And then a young girl came from the back of the building. And she lifted up the picture of Christ that was covered with spittle. And she took her handkerchief out and she wiped the spittle from the face of Christ. And she said, Lord Jesus, I love you. They took her out and shot her dead. Now, do you love the Lord supremely? What do you see there was a devotional aspect to this test? Do you love the Lord supremely? Here's the second thing. Look at Genesis 22 again. There was a, vo a volitional aspect to this test. Do you obey the Lord unquestioningly? Sir Edmund Hillary was a New Zealand mountaineer at half past 11 on the 29th of May in the year 1953. Sir Edmund Hillary hoisted the British flag on Mount Everest. He had faced danger and disappointment and death. He had faced the raging elements. He had climbed up sheer walls of ice. He had known hunger and fear and pain. And finally he arrived at the pinnacle of Mount Everest 29,000 feet as a tower toward the sky. And as he planted the British flag there, he stood where no other human being had ever stood. And he climbed as man can climb, as high as man can climb on earth. 
But my dear friends, spiritually speaking, Abraham climbed a higher mountain when he climbed Mount Moriah. It cost him more. He climbed spiritually higher when he climbed this mountain with his son Isaac to obey the Lord. You see, the five key words in chapter 22 are found in verse 18, if you care to look at them. Look at the last five words in verse 18. Thou hast obeyed my life. Thou hast obeyed my voice. I want to tell you this morning that everything in the Christian life depends upon obedience. Everything in the Christian life depends upon obedience. To obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the Father grounds. Do you see here his simple obedience, verse 3? And Abraham rose up early in the morning and went. That's the second time you get that phrase. In chapter 21, God tells Abraham to sell Ishmael away. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. Simple obedience. God doesn't always ask us to understand. God doesn't expect us to have all the answers. He just wants you to obey him. Ours is not to reason why. Ours is not to make reply. Ours is not to do and die. Can you see here the spirit of obedience? He responds to God three times by saying, Here I am. Someone has said that the greatest ability anyone could have is availability. My dear friends, when Abraham said, here I am, he wasn't making himself available to decide about God's will. He was making himself available to do God's will. You see, the will of God is not something when no one comes up for a vote. Availability is giving yourself to the will of God even before you know what that will is. Have you ever said to the Lord, here am I? Can you see the spirit of obedience? Look again. Can you see the steps of obedience? Can you see this old man, over a hundred years of age, stepping out in the morning, having with him all that he needed to do what God asked? What about us? Are we rising up early? That is, are we giving God's will priority in our lives? My dear friends, are we talking about what we're going to do? Or are we in the moving process toward Mount Moriah? Are we obedient? Are we eager to obey the Lord? Can you see his simple obedience? But don't stop there. Can you see his sublime obedience? No debate. No discussion. No defiance. No delay. Abraham's model was that of the psalmist. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Here we see one of the greatest acts of obedience in the entire Bible. You know, my dear friends, Abraham was confident in the promise of God. He remembered what God told him in a previous chapter. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. He knew that the purposes of God would never contradict the promises of God. And God had promised that his seed would come through Isaac. He was confident in the promise of God, something else. He was confident in the provision of God. Look at verse 5. Isaac starts questioning. He says, uh, Father, here's the fire and the wood. Where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Verse 8. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. How can he be so sure? 
When he knew that the God he served was the God who can meet our needs and supply our needs according to his riches and glory. He knew that where God guides, God provides, that the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot take you. Abraham was confident in the promise of God. He was confident in the provision of God, something else. He was confident in the plan of God. You see what he says to his servants, verse 5. Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to thee. He knew that one of two things was going to happen. Either God was going to provide a substitute, or else he was going to raise Isaac back from the dead. Indeed, Hebrews tells us by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from thence also he received him in a figure. Do you know something this morning? Abraham was confident in the promise of God. He was confident in the provision of God. He was confident in the plan of God because he was confident in the person of God. Spurgeon says, trust God. He cannot, he will not fail you. Abraham had determined in his heart, if I can trust God with my soul, I can trust God with my son. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. Do you obey the Lord? Do you obey what God says to you through His Word? Do you do it unquestioningly? Always oh, think. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But do we really mean it? Now, I want you to see there was a devotional aspect to this test. Do you love the Lord supremely? I want you to see there was a volitional aspect of this test. Do you obey the Lord unquestioningly? Here's the third thing. I want you to see there was a sacrificial aspect of this test. Do you sacrifice to the Lord willingly? Now it would be helpful if you put in the margin of your Bible, Hebrews 11 verse 17. Here's the New Testament commentary on this chapter. Listen to what it says. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, that is, when he was tested, up, up, offered up Isaac. Now I want you to see what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, was willing to offer up Isaac. No, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. You see, from the time Abraham heard God's command, Isaac was as good as dead in his mind and his heart. He had already offered up Isaac. He died in chapter 22, verse 2, when God asked him for him. That was the level of this man's commitment to the Lord. The rest was just window dressing. You say, what was Abraham offering when he was offering up Isaac? Well, he was sacrificing his future. Isaac, remember, was the son of promise. Through him, God was going to make a great nation. And when Abraham offered up Isaac, there went his future. I wonder what your Isaacs are today. Could it be they are the things, the places, the people that have become our attachments? Maybe your Isaacs this morning are your hopes, your aspirations, your dreams. Tomorrow couldn't be all that we dream without them and yet the Lord says to us this morning give them to me 
I heard about a man who gave his business completely over to the Lord. He had hassled about it for years, fought about it, fought with the Lord about his business for 20 years, and one day he said, I've had it, that's enough. He had heard from his pastor that, that morning about the value of turning all of your life, your business, your children, your family, all of it over to the Lord. And when he drove away from the church that morning, he decided that he had worried long enough about his business. And by the time he had got home, he had handed his children over to the Lord. And he had handed his business to the Lord. That very night, he received a phone call to say that his business was on fire. And he calmly drove down to the firm and he was standing on the street and he was watching the whole thing go up in flames. And one of his colleagues came down to him and said, John, why are you so relaxed? Don't you see what's happening? Your whole business is burning up. He said, I know. But it's no problem. I gave that company over to the Lord this morning and if God wants to burn it up, that's his business. Could it be that the Lord's asking you to sacrifice your future? What was God asking Abraham to sacrifice when, when, when he sacrificed Isaac? He was asking Abraham to sacrifice his future. But look again. He was asking Abraham to sacrifice his family. I mean, you think about it this morning. Can you imagine what Abraham would tell Sarah? Isaac's mother. Can you imagine what he would tell Isaac? Can you imagine what he would tell others? But then his family couldn't come first. You remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Could it be this morning that your Isaacs are those things, those people that you have strong affections towards that would turn you and I apart to lose them even to the mission field and yet the Lord is saying give them to me what was Abraham sacrificing when he offered up Isaac he was sacrificing his future he was sacrificing his family something else he was sacrificing his fellowship there were others who wouldn't understand there were others who would say Abraham you've done wrong you cannot do this God wouldn't ask for this of you Abraham it's too great a sacrifice you see anybody who is called by God to go, will go to great lengths to get there when he face these things. His future, his family, his fellowship. But if God says go, he'll go. Isn't that so? I mean, there will be people who don't understand. There will be people who will be hurt. There will be misunderstanding, there will be tears, there will be fears. But when God says go, how can you stay? You see, Abraham had reached the mountain of absolute surrender. What about you today? Have you and I come to the place of absolute surrender to God? Can we honestly say that the Lord is more important to us than anything else in our lives. One, a devotional aspect of this test. Do you love the Lord supremely? Two, a volitional aspect of this test. 
Do you obey the Lord? Unquestioning. Three, a sacrificial aspect of this case. Do you sacrifice to the Lord willingly? Here's the last thing. I want you to notice there was a practical aspect to this test. Do you trust the Lord implicitly? Can you see old Abraham? He's over a hundred years of age. Can you see him smothering that son that he loves with all his heart and with and he's smothering with kisses and he's saying, Son, I, I don't understand it, but I'm gonna put you on the altar. You're the dearest thing to me on earth, but I'm putting it all on the altar. I can almost see the angels in heaven weeping and saying, Look, there's a man on earth who's totally committed to God. And Abraham takes the knife, he's going to slit the throat of Isaac. So the blood will pour. He's going to set fire to that wood. So that his boy will be totally consumed. Here's a man who's putting his all on the altar. Suddenly he hears a voice. Look at verse 11. The Lord says to Abraham. Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. Here am I. He said, lay not thy hand upon the land, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, saying thou hast not withheld thine only son from me. Now we, now we know what it's all about. God didn't want the life of Isaac. He wanted the heart of Abraham. The Lord God. And my dear friends, Abraham received some special blessings that otherwise he would have missed. Did you notice that Abraham received God's provision? Think about this for a moment. When Abraham and Isaac were coming up one side of the mountain, Aram was coming up the other side of the mountain. God had gone before and made a way. Just what Abraham needed, just where Abraham needed, just when Abraham needed it, God supplied the right provision. For our God is Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will see to it or the Lord will provide. Do you know what provision is? It is pro, P-R-O. It is provision. You see, when Abraham started up one side of the mountain, that ram started up the other. And Abraham couldn't see the ram, but God saw the ram. God saw the need and God provided. Do you know something? Our God this morning is still Jehovah Jireh and the place of God's appointment is the place of God's provision. Are you exactly where God wants you to be? Then you can be assured that God will be your need. Abraham received God's provision, something else. Look at verse 12. He received God's praise. He obeyed God's will. He sought to please God's heart. God commanded him. Now I know that thou fearest God. He heard the Lord saying, Abraham, I'm pleased with you. <laughs> My dear friends, listen. Is it not worth it to go through the trials and tests of life if the Father can say to us at the end of the day, Well done, my child. He received God's provision. He received God's praise. Something else. He received God's promise. Verse 17. Abraham, you have not withheld anything from me. Therefore, I will not withhold anything from you. I'll tell you this. He had heard these promises before. But now they've taken on flesh meaning. Spurgeon said, the promises of God never shine brighter but in the furnace of affliction. And what two men did 
on Mount Moriah one day on a lowly altar would bring blessing to the whole world. Now, have you got the message this morning? Wasn't Isaac God wanted? It was Abraham. And Abraham says, Lord, if you want it, you can have it. And God says, Abraham, it's really you that I want. And God doesn't want your Isaacs. He just wants all of you. And God doesn't want your Isaacs. He, he just wants more of you. That's the purpose of the trial, to see what you will do. So may the Lord completely He'll always see you through. God doesn't want your Isaacs. All he wants is more of you. more of you. So there's a divisional aspect to this test. Do you love the Lord supremely? There's a volitional aspect to this test. Do you obey the Lord unquestioningly? There's a sacrificial aspect to this test. Do you sacrifice to the Lord willingly? There's a practical aspect of this test. Do you trust the Lord implicitly? The story is told of an old Indian chief. And he heard from a missionary the story of the gospel the first time. And he said to the missionary, Missionaries God wants Indians pipe. And he took the pipe from his mouth and he left it there. The second time he heard the gospel from the missionary, he said the missionary's God wants Indian's horse. He left his horse with the missionary and he walked home. The third time he heard the gospel, he said, missionary's God wants Indian's tent. They left the tent with the missionary and he walked home. The fourth time he heard the gospel, he said, Missionaries God wants India. God wants you, believer. Does he have you? Does he have all there is of you to have? Have you said all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence. Daily live. I, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. God doesn't want your eyes. He just wants all of you. That's right. <coughs> Father, we thank you for this time around your word this morning. We pray, Lord, that we may be real with thee. And we pray, Lord, that every bit of us and every one of us may be totally surrendered to thee. We ask it through Jesus Christ our Lord.